0: number 15 of the spring is in the books for the old golden blue. And now we wait. We wait for the return of the players in a few weeks for summer drills and then fall camp And that highly anticipated road opener, September 2nd at Penn State. It's the Golden Blue Nation podcast, and on today's episode, we're here to recap the Gold-Blue spring game, which took place Saturday at Milan Pushkar Stadium, with the gold team, the offensive team, beating the blue team, the defensive team, 56-51. Nick Farrell alongside Angelica Trenone to do exactly that. Recap the spring game for you here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast presented by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, Your yourwvlawfirm.com. Uh, Angelica, were you even able to keep track of what was happening out there today? The rules of engagement for the game. They were something, weren't they?
1: You know, I think um, most of the people there had no idea what was going on, but they would cheer (laughs) for anything good, though we loved the competition drills. There were even a couple times that players on the sideline were saying, oh, wait, are we – I thought we were in a timeout. I thought we were at a competition drill. But, hey, nevertheless, pretty good showing for the Mountaineers. But before we talk about it, can we please – talk about the entrance Oh my gosh, for this team.
0: So if you've seen this on social media, this was also scored, by the way. This was part of the scoring. So somewhat arbitrary, the scoring was. You had your normal six points for a touchdown, three points for a field goal. But because it was an offensive team versus a defensive team, had to give the defense a way to score points, right? So seven points for a defensive turnover, which there were none of those. Seven points awarded for a three and out. There were several of those. And then any other defensive stop was the equivalent Mm -hmm. of a field goal. But there was also some scoring before the game began based on a red carpet appearance yes based on what the players were wearing and grayson malashevitz who had a what like fur coat a, oh, and nothing floor, underneath. like
1: floor length
0: yeah i mean it was legit, fur it now, was legit. He,
1: yes no shirt underneath um black coat sunglasses on the only reason i bring this up is because i wanted to talk about zach fraser zach fraser just a boy from Fairmont rolling up in his <laughs> jeans and t-shirt, but his dog and his duffel bag.
0: Bear is the dog's name, I believe. Is it? Yeah, I don't I think, know. I think it, I saw that. on Very Twitter. fitting
1: name. Very Adorable cute pup
0: with beautiful eyes. It's I crazy. think
1: for the dog, I think he he you know didn't he wasn't active in the scrimmage. He should have kept the dog down there or brought the on dog the to line? us. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they, You know, we had all these honorary coaches. Why not make the dog one that's a for good the point. offense?
0: That's I'm a good just point. Saying. They're going to have to do that next year. I, I feel strongly yeah. about this. So, you
1: know, I, I do. I respect the drip on some of them. Some some of the guys, um, we can do better. We can do better. <laughs> but you know what? Um, they tried. They tried their best with their pregame fits. Um, and, you know, just another way for them to to have some fun with the spring game i think to being able to get all dressed up um and come here to the game
0: Yeah, absolutely so grayson again if you haven't seen these wu football tweeted them out before the game so you may have to scroll back in time a fair bit to find them uh but yeah but grayson grayson was uh kind of ridiculous honestly <laughs> i would kind of like to see him wear that out to high street i don't know if that's his thing but like i
1: mean but that's you don't i mean we don't know he might
0: well, I'm challenging him to I was going to say,
1: now that now that it's maybe brought some uh, good luck for the goal team, maybe he'll have it out. Uh,
0: exactly. All right, so here's what we'd like to do on the podcast. Uh, recap our takeaways from the spring game, which again is the final spring practice of the year for WVU. Uh, we also want to highlight our top performers and then tell you about some of the award winners uh, from today's spring game and what that means moving forward. All right, so let's start with takeaways, Angelica. I mean, really... I know a lot of fans who watched either in the stadium or were staying out of the rain and focusing in from home, they wanted to see what was happening with the quarterbacks. And we did see a good bit of Garrett Green and Nico Marchiel, both of them repping all the way through the third quarter of a four-quarter scrimmage. Your thoughts on the quarterback play?
1: I thought Garrett Green showed why he is the more veteran, experienced player. I think he played like that type of player. And for Nico, I I don't think Nico necessarily did anything bad, but you can still just tell he's a young player Mm -hmm. who is developing. And like Coach Brown had said after the game, on a couple plays that involved Nico, maybe not a ton of help from the receivers in that aspect whenever he was in, but I think that Garrett – Just showed, you know, he had the type, kept his emotions in check, but also was having fun with it. There were a couple times out there where he wanted to break off a couple big runs. Uh, Coach Brown had whistled him dead, and I saw him keep, you know, turning around looking at him. He's like, come on, man, let me have that. So I think Garrett showed, you know, what I thought that he was capable of. I think. From that standpoint, too, every time on the sideline, there was a timeout. He and Nico were talking to each other. They were very involved. I mean, these are two guys who have a really great relationship. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, along that aspect, you see one who's been in this program for a few years and one who you know, really only has one meaningful game under his belt, and that was the regular season finale against Oklahoma State. And I mean, I think that just showed in the sense of that is their age and their experience. And at the spring game, I think Garrett Garrett just had some better opportunities and some, you know, better looks. And you know, he needed that. Again, these are two guys competing for this position. Last year, you know, yes, they were competing for the position, but if you remember, a few days before the spring game, JT Daniels had committed here, you know. So I think finally, you know, Garrett got to show a little competitiveness, and I thought he performed well, and I, I think Nico did did as well with his opportunities.
0: Garrett, 8 for 11 for a buck 56. He hit Cortez Braham for a touchdown reception of 40 yards. He also caught Ooh, that's right. a 40-yard touchdown pass from Preston Fox, the hero of the- this 2022 gold-blue game on a sweet little wide receiver reverse pass. Mm -hmm. Garrett, the Philly Philly, right? The Philly special. Mm -hmm. Uh, Garrett makes a great catch on it. Looks like he's going to stumble. Keeps his footing. Runs it in for six.
1: That right there, and you know, I know they joked post game. um, Someone had asked, "Oh, you're going to keep that in there for Penn State?" But that 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 type of play right there is made for Garrett Green. Garrett is a kid who he just wants to be on the field and have fun anyway. And I think that also showed in his play. And of course, any any way he can score a touchdown, he's absolutely doing it.
0: Meanwhile, Nico six for 12 on the day, and Coach Brown had mentioned, by the way, six for 12 for 58 yards. Coach Brown had mentioned two things. One is it's hard to evaluate these quarterbacks when it's not a true live game setting because both of them are mobile quarterbacks. And there were some plays that were whistled dead because a defender got within sort of arm's length. So you blow it dead to keep the quarterbacks protected. I get it. Uh, He also, Coach Brown, thought that the offensive line protected better for Garrett green than for Nico. So just interesting there that it it maybe is really hard. This is the only practice that fans are going to get to see in the spring. It's hard to make an evaluation on, on the situation as a whole, just from uh, just from the spring game. Three, two, one. All right. So quarterbacks aside, let's highlight top performers from the spring game. Hit me with it.
1: Okay. Let's see. You know, Going into this, we obviously knew West Virginia's running back room, I mean, is just probably one of the deepest, if not the deepest, in the Big 12 Conference. And I think it showed in the way that Jaheim White came Mm. out there and was like, hey, those four guys in front of me, I can do the exact same thing. A freshman coming in here, he's got the wheels. I also, Tony Mathis didn't get a lot of reps, but not that he really needs to from this standpoint, but I thought CJ went in um, and did well. I mean, you know, hate to see the way things ended for him last season, but Mm -hmm. for me, it was good to see even after two injuries last year, he was able to come back. And at the spring game, he looked like typical CJ. He was barreling through people. He was popping off some pretty good runs. So I think the running backs um, were had a pretty good showing, especially And I mean, you know, a freshman to come in here, put up over 100 yards rushing, I think. at The gold blue game, got to be feeling good. I also thought the one-handed catch by Cole Taylor, the oh, tight man. end transfer from LSU. Yeah. That was really nice. Um, that one came from Nico Markiel as well. And um, there was one other... There was one other play. Um, oh, I think Malachi Ruffin had a nice yeah. pass breakup in the end zone, and he is someone who, you know, we got to talk to and learn a little bit more about his story this past week. Always, um, you know, nice to just get that extra layer of knowing these these players off of the field. I thought he um, had some really nice plays. And, of course, I mean, Lee Koba out there with the yeah. sack just, you know, wreaking havoc. Um, he wasn't too happy at the outcome. He thinks blue team should have won, you know. But um, th- those are just some people who stood out in my, in my
0: mind. Going back to the arbitrary scoring, Lee Koba mm-hmm. might have a point, by yeah. the way. Uh, but again, all of it arbitrary. Uh, you mentioned Malachi Ruffin. Super interesting story. A former walk-on who's now on scholarship who has started five games for the old Golden Blue. A player who was told by a coach, "Your are D3 caliber and ended up playing Division I football because he kept working and wouldn't take no Mm -hmm. for an answer. Had a tryout with about 50 other players, a handful of them made it as walk-ons and he's continued to work his way up. So really great to see him perform well and a guy that Really, he's probably going to get a shot because uh, West Virginia is a little bit thin at cornerback. Uh, Maybe they're going to hit the transfer portal during this second window that's ongoing through the end of April to pick up another DB or two. Uh, But you have to imagine that Ruffin is going to get some reps this season. Uh, I thought, speaking of cornerback, that Montre Miller was a guy who was really solid. The Kent State transfer... Uh, just just solid today. I thought he only was recorded with one pass breakup, but when they went deep, the offense went deep, Miller typically defended really well. Uh, And then a guy I'll give you on offense is Devin Carter. Wanted to see what he was made of. He had three receptions, which tied with Cole Taylor for the game high, but also led the team in receiving yards. Uh, Had a Big pass at the start of the third quarter that ultimately set up a C.J. Donaldson touchdown run. Uh, Thought that Devin Carter was as advertised, you know, a guy that's going to be really solid, maybe he's going to be a deep threat, uh, probably going to be very similar to Bryce Ford Wheaton, I would imagine, both in skill set and the amount of targets that he gets next season. Body type. Uh, Body type as well. And, And, of course, both of them North Carolina guys, Ford Wheaton, state of North Carolina guys, Ford Wheaton connected with Carter, who was at NC State told him, hey, give it a shot at WVU. He's going into his sixth season of college football. So really invaluable experience. See what you can get from that one year from him. And I will say one more thing. C.J. Donaldson, uh, just good to see him back out there. Right. You, you mentioned you alluded to his season-ending injury last year that cut short really a breakout and tremendous freshman campaign. Switched numbers from 12 to 4. That's what he says is his, has been his go-to number uh, since way back in the day. Of course, it belonged to Letty Brown mm-hmm. most recently for WVU, a two-time 1,000-yard Russia. Donaldson didn't set the world on fire during the spring game today, but there were some questions about how much he would be able to do during the spring. And he's uh, up until this point really been a full participant and was a full participant in the spring game today. So certainly good to see. Um, all right. So those are our takeaways. And our top performers from the spring game. Maybe one more. We'll give a shout-out to Danny King for kicking oh, a yeah. field goal at the end of the game. Maybe one of the top special teams mm-hmm. performers out of the spring game. Uh, kicked a field goal late that ultimately sealed it for the gold team. That QB competition with Georgia State transfer Michael Hayes is one that's also going to wage on into the fall. Uh, but King, a redshirt junior who's been here for a long time, steps up big moment gold team celebrates after he makes the kick
1: and to Dante Wright trying to ice him yeah. there with the blue team two seconds getting ready to kick he calls <laughs> the timeout. um but yeah good good to see Danny King somebody who's been competing in this program for a while and you know it, it's not a position you often think about right there's other ongoing position battles but what Casey Legg was able to do here at right. this program um you know over his time here but more so really the past couple of years as a starter i mean that's just something that's invaluable um danny was able to to learn from him and then of course to have michael hayes come in here that's going to be another position battle that is i mean really going to be just as important
0: we'll take a look at what's next for the football program right after this you're listening to the golden blue nation podcast presented by pritt and spano west virginia's lawyers your wvlawfirm.com Prit and spano west virginia's lawyers unexpected hurdle Prit and Spano, unseen circumstance, Prit and Spano, personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Prit and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Nick Farrell here alongside Angelica Trenone putting a bow on spring football and the Gold Blue Spring game for the Mountaineers. want to quickly recap the award winners of the day for WVU. Four Iron Mountaineer award winners. They are Jared Bartlett, a bandit defensive back; Marcus Floyd, offensive lineman; Doug Nester, and running back Tony Mathis. Three of those players are now multi-time recipients of the Iron Mountaineer Award, which is issued to the four top performers in the offseason strength and conditioning program led by strength and conditioning head coach Mike Joseph, one of the most respected respected strength coaches in college football. For Floyd, it's his first Iron Mountaineer Award, but Bartlett and Nestor each won it last year, and Mathis won it two years ago. Uh, so both of them are two-time award winners. Zach Frazier, who has been limited in the spring and did not play in the spring game, is also a two-time recipient of the Iron Mountaineer Award. The Tommy Nicolich Award was given to C.J. Cole, a native of Washington, Pennsylvania, and a product of McGuffey High School. The wide receiver is a redshirt sophomore. He also caught a pass in the spring game and is the second Pennsylvania native to win the Nicolich Award in the last four years, the other being Usman Mara, former West Virginia safety. Uh, The Nikolic Award, of course, is given to the top walk-on in the WVU football program. Great history of a lot of really talented walk-ons who have come to be impact players. We mentioned Malachi Ruffin a few minutes ago. Uh, Nick Malone won the award last year. Grayson Malashevitz won it two years ago. Uh, And it's an award named after former Mountaineer Tommy Nikolic, who played from 79 through 82 and died of cancer in 1983. So, congrats to CJ Cole on what is a, a really terrific award. Coach Brown says he's a guy who has paid his dues, but is really respected in the locker room, and that's why he won the award. So, here's what's next. Program's gonna take a little bit of a hiatus for a few weeks, players are going to complete their courses, some of them are going to graduate, and then they'll be back for summer workouts in in a few weeks time and then fall camp of course is going to start in august and it all leads up to that game against penn state on september 2nd in happy valley heard that that might have been leaked did you see that by the way the time might have been leaked from an inside source at penn state
1: i did see that Mm. and you know i heard Mm. from another inside source Mm. that they were told it was going to likely be in primetime, and that mm-hmm. was two days before that was leaked
0: Interesting. by a player okay. on what? Snapchat, so, Instagram,
1: something along the Yeah, I think, I think line.
0: Instagram, yeah. So still not official, still not official, but it's looking. I
1: mean, I mean come why on, why wouldn't it be, right?
0: The Pitt game was moved to a Thursday in primetime. you got to yeah. imagine that West Virginia-Penn State is going to be a marquee opening week matchup. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, West Virginia-Pitt is also coming up on September 16th. Man, oh man, is that going to be a fantastic Oof. day at Mylon Pushkar Stadium. I know a lot of it depends on the result. I get it. But the lead up to that thing is going to be bonkers.
1: Yeah, and two, when you think about it, the fact that that's going to be, um, you know, obviously last year there was a lot of excitement because the pit game had returned, mm-hmm. but obviously played in Pittsburgh. It it was just absolute mayhem up there at Ackershire Stadium. I think it's just going to be such a different, right? I think it's going to be such a different feel to have it here in Morgantown. And as somebody who was at the game in person for the final time that they played Mm -hmm. at Milan Pushkar Stadium, it's going to be so cool to see that return certainly something to look forward to and hopefully this will be the year the Mountaineers get them
0: first time in what 12 13 years since 12, they're going to play it in Morgantown mm-hmm. the backyard brawl last year it set an attendance record in the city of Pittsburgh for the most attended sporting event in the city's history which is mind-boggling to think about when you consider how much success the Steelers have had uh, even in the in the last just 20 years right uh, and so you have to imagine that there is going to be a humongous crowd for the game coming in September 16th.
1: They're going to need to put some, um, you know, get the helicopters there to get some seating on top of the children's <laughs> hospital, because I just don't think that enough people are going to be able. I mean, it's just, go, it's going to be absolutely wild. So that'll do it
0: for this edition of the golden blue nation podcast. We invite you to check out our website, GoldenBlueNation.com, nation.com. For more coverage of the gold blue spring game, we've got Neil Brown's post spring game press conference, as well as, his thoughts on his team's top performers. You can read about that right now at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app. Download it on your favorite Apple or Android smart device. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave us a like, and a rating. We're available on most podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music. One thing that we almost forgot. Jimmy Bell. What you think?
1: Oh, my goodness. The big
0: fella. 6'10, 285 going at it at right tackle.
1: You know, I. What I. I remember Jimmy talking last year, um, you know, and he even shared this clip that someone had asked him during the basketball season. Did you ever think about maybe going back to football and just, just the look on his face where he's like, you know, I oftentimes do think about it. And then all, all of a sudden he just shows up and he's repping as an offensive lineman for this team. Um, I think people were so excited to see him out there. Um, he had a, couple of his former teammates there as well. Well, Gabe boy and didn't get a play with him, but still there with Kedri and Johnson. And they were, so, they just kept looking, is Jimmy getting in? Is Jimmy getting in? And you know, on the Jaheim White touchdown in the second half, Big Man Bell was the one who came up big on that block to allow him to get there to the outside and take it to the crib, as Chad Scott would say. So um, it, it, it's just so weird for me to see him in a football uniform. Um, but you know, it, I mean, my goodness, that's a big body, I think. In a, in any sport, I think he would serve them well. However, there's a lot of competition right yeah, now at right. offensive linemen. That, that's something – I talked about the running back position being extremely deep. The deepest one has got to be offensive linemen yeah. for this West Virginia team. So along those lines, I just – I mean, it's just so competitive. And he hasn't played football, oh my goodness, in Since five 17. years. 17, yeah. So, I mean – um, but but still, what a great opportunity for him mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And, and even just, you know, the football team giving him the chance to even explore that option. Um, you know, of course, Coach Brown said he'll talk with Coach Huggins here in the next couple of weeks or so and kind of see a course of action. Um, but, you know. Either way, hopefully yeah. we'll have Jimmy Bell as a Mountaineer in one way or the other.
0: It was a neat experience. He was high-fiving yeah. fans. Clearly, people are huge Jimmy Bell fans around here. Uh, you mentioned the offensive line and the depth. All five starters returned from last season. Uh, let's go left to right. Wyatt Milam, Tomas Remack. Center is Zach Frazier. Right guard, Jaquay Hubbard. Right tackle. Is Doug Nestor, but then you also have Brandon Yates who started at center today in place of Zach Frazier, who has starting experience and is a former All Big Twelve honoree. Uh, so that's a that's that's a lot of fish fighting for the same food there on the offensive line, right? But Bell, solid blocking, did give up a sack, did have the only holding penalty of the game, so maybe a mixed bag in terms of that. But we're only, again, we're only witnessing one Jimmy Bell practice. He's practiced six times during this trial run, has continued to work both with the football and men's basketball team as he continues through uh, this possible transition. Mm -hmm. We're going to probably get an answer here in the next week or two if Jimmy Bell's flipping sports or if he's coming back to basketball. Either way, I think the Mountaineer fans, Mountaineer faithful, should be happy to have this guy in their camp.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think no matter what, I mean, he's got an extra year of eligibility with basketball. So, I think either way, um, man, we're we're going to root for you, Jimmy. Yeah, right whichever right. side it's on, we you got fans in us Big Tuck.
0: Glad we did not forget that. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave us a like. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and other podcast platforms. And hey, baseball going on right now. As we record, the baseball team is beating TCU. Going for a series win? Maybe there will be a series sweep. More coverage of the baseball team at GoldenBlueNation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app. She's Angelica Trinone. I'm Nick Farrell. And this has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast presented by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com.